Well, we want to welcome you back to season three of Grit, Awakening the Grown for Revival and the Return of the Lord. I'm Corey Russell. I'm Billy Humphrey. And this is episode two and are focusing this season on intimacy. Yeah. And my goodness, I, you guys get your seatbelts on for this one. Just the whole, all the episodes, but this one is, uh, we're in an urgent hour in the earth right now. And I think, uh, I believe that we are moving. And that's why we want to tie together all of these themes into the context of revival and the return of the Lord. Yeah. Because I, I believe we're seeing the breakdown. Why is intimacy important? Why, why, you know, we do a podcast like this. Are we just giving you a couple more tools for your prayer life and saying, hey, give yourself to intimacy? I believe that the lack of intimacy and the lack of making being loved by God and loving God is your primary reward. When that is out of alignment, it releases a thousand other things yeah. in the church. And I believe that the church is in a uh, is in, in an urgent hour. Absolutely. We're in an urgent hour. Yeah. You know, obviously we've come through the pandemic. Um, everybody's getting out and normal. It's sort of normalizing again. And I remember right when the pandemic hit, the Lord spoke to me specifically. He said, Revelation 3, 15 through 20. This is where my church is right now. And I remember this is like kind of painful for me. I actually did a video, posted the video, made a few comments about the video and never spent any time hardly at all unpacking the details. Wow, wow, wow. I know those passages. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I already know what that is. Yeah, we're all lukewarm. Everybody's got everybody's lukewarm. It's the Laodicean church. And I and I literally didn't go into it hardly at all. A thousand times. And I would just say in the last six weeks, um, the Lord has, he has just put his finger on me in this area and brought me right back to Revelation 3, 15 through 20. And, um, and he said, this isn't for a video. <laughs> this isn't for you to put out on a video. This is for you. And he's, he's with firmness, but with gentleness, with tenderness, he's brought me into these verses that are, they're, I mean, just unpacking me. They're just, they're just burning me up. And um, so if you're not familiar with that passage, I'll just give it to you. It's Jesus speaking to the church of Laodicea. And in the book of Revelation, he starts off the first, uh, chapter two and chapter three with seven letters to seven churches. And this is the, the last one. And he, and he tells this church, Laodicea, he says, um, he says, you're, you're actually lukewarm. He says, you have a problem and your problem is you think you need nothing. Yeah. And you do not know uh, that you're poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. And I think that there's this thing where I know me, I've been wrong about Jesus tone in yeah, that passage. Yeah. And so it's almost like one of those parts of the Bible you just read through and just move on. Yeah. And I've always, I've just, honestly, I've always read him as kind of ticked. Yeah. He's kind of mad. He's kind of calling him out, smacking him up. But the more I started staring at the passage, I realized, oh, he's, he's not doing this in anger at all. He's doing this in deep love and tenderness and care. And he is showing up as the one who cares so much about us that he, he's going to point out what's amiss 
and he's going to give us the answers to what, what the problems are. And he's ultimately inviting us into love. Yes. And so he has, he has been working me through this, but this is where he, he, he dialed it in for me. He said, what are the areas of your life that you don't think you need anything? What are the areas that you think you've attained? What are the areas that you think you're doing well in? Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I've been in ministry a long time. I've been a, a Christian a long time. I've been in the word. I've been in prayer. There's a lot of things that I'm, I would answer with that. And the Lord said, the areas that you think you don't need anything, those are the areas you're lukewarm. My goodness. And that hit me so deeply. And he began to take me on a journey. And I'll tell you where he started with it, just be vulnerable. He started with my kids. And I've got three adult boys and my daughter's 10. But he started showing me with my uh, middle son. We're, we're in the best time of our life and relationship. But my son made this comment to me. He said, uh, I just realized about right now, he goes, Dad, I just realized that you're safe. Well, that's the best statement you'd ever want a 20-year-old to say yeah, to you. It's amazing. But you know what I recognized when he said that was? I just realized it. And I said, well, son, was there a time? Was there a time when you didn't feel like I was safe? And he, he began to tell me about a time that I'd hurt him. I'd hurt his heart and how I'd handled him with anger. And the, the hand of the Lord started to press on my own heart. See, because I've thought, oh, I'm a good dad. I'm a good parent. I don't have it. I don't need anything in my parenting. I'm, I'm good. And the, the hand of the Lord, he just started to hold my heart and say, see, son, this is an area you don't think you need anything, but it's an area where you've been actually lukewarm. And that's the key to lukewarmness. When you don't think you need anything, that's the areas that you're lukewarm. That's what he's actually identifying for Laodicea. And he goes, I'm going to counsel you right now. Listen, he goes, you're in need and you don't know it. You don't see it. You're naked and you don't know it. He goes, I'm counseling you. I want to give you gold. I want to give you eye salve. Yes. I want to give you garments. He goes, I want to fellowship with you. Yes. And here's the thing that's, I mean, it's just overwhelmed me. He goes, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. And I just want you to think about Jesus he loves you so much. He shows up to the door of your heart and he says, I want in. I want every part of you. And we say, Jesus, come in. Jesus, come in. Jesus, come in. We have no idea what we're asking for. I'm going to tell you really clearly. I started praying that prayer and I had no idea what I was asking for. And, and, and I opened my heart to Jesus. Say, come in, Jesus. Everything you want to do in me. And I, and I prayed this kind of prayer for so many years. And, uh, and so I, I, I say, come in and he walks in and it's like he set everything on fire. All the wood, hay and stubble in my own heart. He's it's like, he just started burning it down. And, and I, I'm, I'm like, Jesus, what are you doing? <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I'm a consuming fire. <laughs> if I come in, everything gets lit on yes. fire. And I'll just be honest, areas of pride frustration, anger, my own internal judgments. He just started, he just started bearing on my soul in a way without any shame. I, I don't, I don't know. I've ever felt so loved 
and so corrected. And he said, this is how it's going to be. If you want me, you're going to have all of me. But when you have all of me, that's going to mean less of you. And he started burning me down. And I remember I called you, I called you last week. I said, dude, I'm, I'm an ashes. I'm, I'm getting burned down, but it's not, it's not the judgment. No. It's the love. Yes. Intimacy. I think it's a word for, I think it's a word for me. I don't know if pointing any fingers, but I think it's a word for the church. It is a word for the church. In the nation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If (gasps) If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, that's what he says, I will come into him and I will dine with him and he with me. I believe, I mean, first off, Jesus is outside of the church's door Mm. knocking. Mm. The one who, quote unquote, lives in our hearts is knocking at the door of our heart. And and I believe that Jesus is doing this corporately. He's doing this nationally. He's doing it globally, but he's doing it personally. He's doing it personally at the door of our hearts saying, I want greater intimacy with you. I want a greater fellowship with you, a greater abiding life, communion, fellowship. I want what I call synchronization. I want a, a, a union with you that you haven't known and that you haven't even known about. It's because you're out of touch with reality. Jesus. See, that's the Laodicean issue. I've He's confronted me many times on this. You say this, you don't know this. Yes. You're out of touch with reality. Yes. And when those two become one, that is how you buy gold is coming into alignment with his assessment. Yes, yes. When you come into alignment with his assessment, that is the currency of gold, of salve, of garments that close your shame, that gives you that gold, that cleanses your eyes so that you can see right, that you can feel right, that you can assess right. And he's coming. I, I I spent the majority of 2019 preaching on the baptism of fire. Yes, that's what this is. It's the bat. We always talk about oh the baptism of fire. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. The baptism of fire must first confront to conform. Yes, he first confronts to conform, <laughs> and bringing us into alignment. And, and John the Baptist and all four gospels said, "There's one coming." who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His threshing uh, floor, it says that he will consume the chaff and, and, his, and his winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor. Jesus in Luke 12 says, I came to send fire on the earth. What he's not talking about. I want greater intimacy with my people. That's it. I want greater union with my people. I want to get up into those caverns and shame, self-hatred and self-rejection and uh, addictions and side things that you live in. And I want to consume all the pockets on the inside of you and make you compatible with me. There is a misunderstanding that we've had in the church for way too long. We've completely, we've completely misunderstood We ask people to get born again. And when we ask them to do that, we tell them, you're going to ask Jesus into your heart. Now, I I get what they're saying, but they're referencing Revelation 3.20. 
talk about this. But man. Revelation 3.20 is not a word to the lost. That's exactly it right. It is a word to the church. That's exactly right. So here's our challenge. We start off imagining I've got Jesus fully possessing my soul. Yes. When your spirit is what got born again and your soul needs complete possession. Yes. It needs Jesus Christ to walk right into your soul and to light up every area of hidden darkness, of compromise, every area that's not like him. And here's what Paul was praying. So this is why Paul in Ephesians 3 yes. was, was praying for the church. He said that Christ to the church of Ephesus would dwell in your heart through faith. So Ephesians 3.17, he says that. And here's the thing he's he's pointing at. He's saying, you, I'm praying that you would come into a greater revelation of the love of God. Yes. I'm praying that you would come into a holy possession of the love of God. And, and I've never noticed this before to this week. He goes, verse 16, that you would be strengthened with might so that. Oh, my goodness. Christ could dwell in your heart through faith. To prepare you for it. Yes, that there is an activity of the Holy Spirit that engages you so that you can receive the fullness, which is what he drives towards in verse 20. He goes, that you would know the height, the width, the depth, the length, to know the love of Christ, which passes understanding. And here's what I want to say. The church in America is going to be a bride burning in bright righteousness. She is going to be on fire fire for Jesus. And I will guarantee you, it will not look like more pride, more railing, more political rallies. It won't look like us lining behind a political, lining up behind a political stance or a political candidate. It will look like a people that are so overwhelmed with the love of God that they will willingly lay their lives down uh, for the, for one another uh, and even for the lost. Because he's going to take us to a place of holy possession hey. where Christ is dwelling in our hearts through faith. This is Jesus who's knocking at the door. He's knocking at the door of our hearts saying, please let me in. This is why I captured you. This is why I rescued you. I didn't rescue you so you could simply be a spectator of my cross. I rescued you so you could experience the fullness of my cross in the death, in the crucifixion, and in the resurrection. He goes, I want you to know all of who I am. I want to take you to a place of intimacy where you don't just look at me and think I'm special, but you know me completely through a full experiential understanding that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith. And I would just tell you, I've been in this message a long time. And I've been enamored with the beauty and the love of Jesus. And I feel like right now he has just captured me freshly. And what he's, what he's doing to me right now, he's so gentle. But he's showing me me and the areas in me that are not like him. And I read Revelation 3, 15 through 20 for so long. And I thought with judgment in my heart, all those lukewarm Christians start naming all the denominations, start naming all the people that I think are backsliding. Oh, if they would just get right with God. And he goes, son, son, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. 
I'm knocking on the door of your heart. And you don't know. You're the one that's saying you're rich. You're the one that's saying you're wealthy and you have need of nothing. You're the one who doesn't know that you're poor, wretched, miserable, blind, and naked. He goes, I'm counseling you, son. I'm counseling you. Listen to me. Wake up and see it. And I would just say this, that there is an ignition in my soul. And I, I, I have a vision on the inside of what God wants to bring in me and through me. And I've not yet attained but there is a power that he wants to release in my own soul of possession where I'm a man that lives in love. I'm a man that lives by love. And I'm a man that when you, when you push me, love comes out. And when you, when you torture me, love comes out. And when you speak about me negatively, love comes out. And that's all you're going to get. And what if the whole church, what if we were all there, Corey? What if we were all there where we were living possessed with love? You can't push me. You, you can't push me to my limit. Because it's limitless. It's limitless. I, I mean, I literally thought that. I was telling you before, it's like, I thought, oh, push me 10 times. I'll give you all 10 of those pushes. But the 11th one, I'm going to let you know that I'm not the one to mess with. And Jesus said, son, that is not me. I'm 70 times seven. Jesus. So this place of holy possession and love, I'm telling you, when he's knocking on the door, there's a beauty, there is a pleasure, there is an ecstatic experience of knowing the love of God. And then there is this shocking place where love, it compels you to love, it reduces you to love, and it takes you to a place where you're now touching the depths of love. And even this John 15, 13, greater love. I want to, I just, two, there's a couple of big points that I want you guys to take away from this episode. The first one is I really want you to start praying this Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 prayer. And 20. Yeah, and 20. Yeah, 14 <laughs> through 20. Oh my goodness. Exceedingly abundantly. Um, Ephesians 3. Not that you said Revelation 9. Oh, I'm yeah. With, I'm with you. I'm with well, you. yeah. He says, according to the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with might, okay, that God would prepare you for his invasion. Yes. That God would strengthen you to handle his, yes. his incoming. Yes. To prepare your interior life for the invasion of the divine. Yes. That's it. Friend, get this vision right here of a magnanimous interior life, a magnanimous unified joint life with Christ. Jesus referred to this in John 14. He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and, and we will come into you He's and make our home. Our in, home in you. That's what he says. In John 14, I want to say 21. Make our home in you. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Yes. That he goes, according to the riches of his glory, that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. Okay. And that, look at this, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That dwelling is not a moment. It's a fixed, real, encountered place where Christ is manifesting in you and through you. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you would be rooted and grounded in love. 
so that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints, the width, length, depth, height, to know the love of Christ. Passes knowledge. How do you know something which passes knowledge? How do you know something that bypasses intellect and mental comprehension? It's an encounter. Yes. It's an encounter, a knowing, a union with him that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Get this simple prayer on the inside of you. I want to be filled with the fullness of God. That's right. So I want you to, number one, get that prayer on the inside of you. And number two, what was the question that you began to ask the Lord in Revelation 3? What areas do I? He, he, he said to me, he says, what areas do you think you're doing well in? What do you think you don't have any needs in? And my first one is I'm a father. Yeah. I'm you a, are a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a good, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a better, I mean, but here's the arrogance. I'm a better dad than almost everybody I know. <laughs> he goes, perfect. He goes, you have need of nothing. Exhibit A. Okay. So you have need of nothing in that area. Okay, here's the definition of lukewarmness. You think you don't need anything. Uh, He goes, son, I'm so sorry to tell you, you're a lukewarm father. uh, And he goes, let me just show you. And he just, I mean, my boys and I have cried more together in the last few weeks. They've been so, they've been so gracious, so kind with me. Oh, my own weakness and my own insufficiency. Because my measure of love, see, my measure of love was I measuring myself against guys that I knew weren't loving. Yeah, yeah. And and here's the problem. I measure against a guy that's a level one lover, and my level five looks like, yeah, yeah. you know, I've just won the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Jesus is a level infinity, <laughs> and my five is lovelessness. And that's what I've been to. Jesus. That's what I've been touching. That I've been preaching and teaching and living a measure of something that I only have the beginning of the beginning on. And I want to say that there is a holy possession that he wants to take us yes. to where he loves us all the way into love. He wants to love us till we disintegrate on the inside and that love is what remains. Uh, and I'm just telling you, when love walks in, when love walks in, all your judgments have to leave. All your arrogance has to leave. All your attitudes, your frustrations. And this, this is what he did. He pulled out 1 Corinthians 13. <laughs> he pulled out the measuring stick on me. Oh. He goes, love is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. He goes, son, when you've been impatient, that's been flesh. That hasn't been me. That hasn't been love. And he just started walking me through every one of them. And he was just showing me me. I was never shamed, never condemned. I was so lit up with revelation and so broken over my own sin. And that's what it is. Let me, let's not mince words right now. This is not an issue. This isn't a weakness. This is sin. This is lovelessness. This is pride. This is arrogance. 
And I just know Jesus, he wants a bride that looks like him. We use these words. We know these things. But somehow we excuse these dark places in our soul, imagining that somehow we can be fully us and fully him. But that is not what Paul said. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. See, that's the transition. I want you to ask the Lord this week, what areas am I doing well in? (laughs) What areas do I say I don't need you? And that will become, if you honestly open yourself up to him and do real, that he will begin to take you on this journey as he makes his invasion, as he begins to conquer areas of your soul and begin to confront the pockets of anger and patience and lovelessness on the inside of you and bring you into union with himself. Lord, I just pray. Lord, I just pray right now. We open the door of our heart. We open the door. We open the door of our heart. Just say that out of your mouth. I open the door. I open the door of my heart. Jesus, come into me. Dine with me. I want you more than I want way it's been. Come and have your way. God, I pray that you would strengthen us and that you would release a holy invasion of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in fire and that the love of God would consume us. Release it, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Gripped. We hope this episode ministered to your heart. If so, feel free to subscribe and leave us a good rating. You can find previous episodes on Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon Podcasts. You can watch this episode and more on our YouTube channel, Gripped Podcast, and follow us on Instagram at The Gripped Podcast. To stay connected with Corey's ministry, you can find out more at www.coryrussell.org. To stay connected with Billy's ministry, you can find out more at www.billyhumphrey.com. Bless you guys. Thank you.